Alright, our score at the end of two periods. Maine leads Merrimack 2-1 to one here at Lawler Arena. And this second intermission brought to you by Palmer's Restaurant of Andover. And joining us for the second intermission, Mike McMahon of the Mac Report and the Eagle Tribune. And Well, Mike, it kind of looks like, uh, <laughs> you know, you have that second goal that scored by the Black Bears. And um, Diamond picks up an assist, should have been in the box on that interference penalty he committed that allowed the play to continue right in front of the referee, didn't get called. And uh, he ends up picking up an assist on that goal. And, well, that's the difference in the game right now. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't even see what happened. I saw Big O sort of skating around gingerly by the post, and I and I turned to the to the person next to me and I said, "If you get hit with a I don't remember seeing him block a shot. I'm not sure what you know what what happened there." And uh, I was quickly corrected that there <laughs> should have been an interference call on Diamond. Uh, it's unfortunate, obviously, uh, uh, but you know those are the sort of things that the teams have to overcome. And, and it's still, I mean, hey, it's a it's a one goal game going into the third period, so plenty of time for Merrimack to get back in this. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, I mean, we've talked about it before. There, there's going to be times where you're not happy with the way the game's called, what happens, and you still have to find a way to get it done. But uh, I got to imagine that there's some frustration down in that locker room right now. There've been a number of things that, I mean, that play right there is about as obvious as you can get right in front of the referee. And not only is is there no call, but then it, then it ends up resulting in a goal. Like I said, uh, I, I think Mark Dennehy's got his hands full right now, trying to keep the emotions of his team on an even keel. Yeah, and you combine that with the fact that they haven't had a power play yet tonight. Uh, when it, It's been pretty chippy in both directions. Uh, I, I think they ended up with more, no, yeah, they ended up with more power play chances last night than Maine did, but uh, you know, still to have, not have one power play through two periods where they've got a power play goal on the board, and it's obviously, it's, it's the difference right now. I mean, it's the, the one goal lead, so um, and then to have, you know, a goal that is allowed uh, the second goal of the game that, that should have maybe not have taken place because of penalty. Uh, your emotions can, can run away from there. I think you just got to go in there and, and try to settle things down and, and take a deep breath and, and say, hey, you know, it's still it's a one-goal game going into the third and still 20 minutes left. Well, one of the questions we had coming in was Dan Sullivan from Maine. Uh, first of all, was he going to get the start and how was he going to respond after having an off night last night? And Well, I think that clearly he's played well. It was a great shot by Elliot Sheen that beat him, but other than that, I mean, he's played well to He's played really well, and that's something that Tim White had talked about last night with the media. Uh, he talked about how he thought that you know Dan Sullivan, despite the numbers being you know fairly you know pedestrian, they've been fairly average if you look at his goals against and a save percentage. He thought that he has really carried their team during this stretch here. Where coming into last night, I think they had won nine out of eleven games. Uh, he really thought that he was a big part of that. Was a, a big part of really carrying them through some tough stretches where maybe their offense, especially that top line, wasn't doing it scoring. I think we've seen that again tonight. He's definitely rebounding. We knew that power play was going to be key for Maine and Merrimack staying out of the box was going to be key for them. Well, I mean, everybody's staying out of the box, except for one guy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think, too, when you're... I think some guys get labeled with a reputation sometimes amongst officials, and that might be part of that with, with, with Flanagan tonight. Uh, I think you've seen it with Big O's a lot, too. And, and at the same time, I'm sure, you know, Maine has seen it with guys like Joey Diamond. you get these guys that have taken a lot of penalties throughout their career. And Obviously not that much of a reputation. If he didn't get called on, on maybe the most obvious non-call of the year, <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, at times I'm sure. Uh, and and I, I just think you know some of that is it goes both ways. And, and you got guys that may have taken some penalties over the course of their career. They get labeled as guys that'll take penalties, and you know you can't touch anybody without an arm going up. Talking with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report and the Eagle Tribune, and 
Warriors trail here 2-1 to one at the end of the uh, second period. Now let's talk about what's going on around the league, Mike, and uh, Boston College. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, BC winning today 2-1 to one over Northeastern. Have they found a new goaltender in third stringer Chris Venti? That's funny. You know, I, I was surprised when I read that today. I was surprised when he went in last night. And then I sort of took a step back and thought about it. And I said, well, if you're going to start Milner today uh, at Fenway against Northeastern, you know, why risk something happening? You, you put in the, a guy like Venti, the game was pretty much out of hand. I think it was 4 nothing by the time he went in anyway. Uh, but I think Jerry York's probably sending a message to his two goalies right now. or sending a message to his whole team that he doesn't think they played very well or, or maybe haven't played very well lately. Uh, to, to put and, and obviously, hey, he played well. He picks up the win, only allows one goal. Uh, you might see a guy like this start to get some minutes now. You know, where if he's been able to go out and prove himself, and especially, obviously, we haven't seen the game, but if, if BC played much better in front of him than, than, he, than they were playing in front of their other two goalies, you might see Peter Venti ride a little bit here in the wave of, of getting some starts. You know, that's the thing is, I wonder whether or not that was the case. I mean, I didn't see either game, obviously, but BC outshoots the, the other team by a 2-1 to margin in both games. Last night, they lose at UMass 4 nothing, and uh, and Venti actually, from looking at the box, came in midway through the game with the score 3-0, so he gave up a goal in the third, in the, yeah, in the third period, he gave up the fourth goal, and he only faced something like three or five shots the whole rest of the way, so my thought at that point is, you know, he's trying to get them to shut things down more. He doesn't like the way that the other team is maybe carrying play, or, or whatever. I mean, Merrimack, we saw, did it against them in the third period last weekend, so maybe he wants to change that around, and, and a lot of times you put in a guy like that, and, and the team will play better in front of him, and you say, okay, well, looks like they did that, even though they didn't win the game, and they didn't score, they only gave up three or five shots the rest of the way in 30 minutes, that's, that's pretty good, but then when he came back with him again today, that really surprised me, and uh, I mean, by the looks of it, they, they win two to one on a shorthanded goal in the third period by Chris Kreider. They do outshoot them thirty to fifteen, but it doesn't look like things are any better with regard to the offense, at least from the from production wise. And uh, so it's going to be. I don't know what they do from this point on. I mean, now you have to say, uh, do you come back with him because you, you feel like it's going to inspire your team to, to keep getting better at doing the things you need to do? Or do you go back to one of the other two guys? I, I have no idea. I mean, if I'm a BC fan, I, I have no idea what to expect at this point. No, I don't think you do, yeah. I think you could go real, I think you could go with any of the three. Uh, and we saw it here. If, uh, I think back in was probably either 04 or 05 uh, where Merrimack had a game. It was Chris Serino's last season here. I, I think they lost 7 or 8 nothing out at UMass on a Friday night. Just got destroyed and, and, and were outshot, you know, 40-something to 15. And, and he came back with Frank McLaughlin the next night. Who I don't think had I, I know he hadn't had a start at that point. He was a junior. He may not have played a minute. It may have been his first actual playing time. And they still gave up plenty of shots. I, I, I think Frank made something like 42 saves or in the low 40s of saves that night. But they come back and beat UMass 5-2 the next night here at home. You can see it. You know, it, it can put some energy into a team once in a while. Especially, you know, I, I remember that game. Uh, you had an entire locker room full of guys that wanted to go out and win that game for him. You know, here's a guy that, that came and, and practiced and didn't really get rewarded for it. And they wanted to win the game for him. Uh, and it can, you know, certainly put a, a charge into a team and, and maybe renew some energy. Hey, before I let you go, I wanted to touch on uh, the, all these outdoor games that we've had recently. Uh, well, first of all, let me ask you this question. Uh, you know, what are you hearing? Do, do you think, will Merrimack play in an outdoor game anytime soon? 
Uh, I, I believe they will. I, I don't think anything's official yet, but I've heard that uh, it's potentially that they'll be doing another Frozen Fenway two years from now. Uh, and the likely games are going to be Merrimack, Lowell, and Providence, and probably Notre Dame. And that seems to be the, the names that they get tossed around. Whether or not it actually comes to fruition, I mean, hey, you know, we're two years away. Who knows if it ever is going to actually work itself out? Uh, but, you know, Hockey East and, and the Fenway Sports Group seem to have a, a pretty good relationship. And, and as long as both both sides seem to be happy with it, I'm, I'm sure that it'll, it'll probably come to fruition. And we should also uh, give a shout-out to former Warrior goaltender Joe Exter, uh, who is an assistant coach with Ohio State, who's playing in an outdoor game in Cleveland tomorrow against Michigan. And Ohio State's having a terrific year this year under head coach Marco Sifi. And uh, I know that uh, their goaltending has been terrific this year. And I was just reading an article earlier today about how uh, the, a lot of credit's being given to Joe Exter. So obviously a, a, a strong career as Exter had here. As uh, And I want to I want to let you update us on the situation. I know Joe Canada broke at least one of his records earlier today in, in the first period. But, uh, you know, Joe Exter is obviously doing a terrific job with Ohio State. They've been near the tops of the polls in the CCHA much of the year. But uh, perhaps ironic that at the same time that that's happening, uh, Joe Canada's broken his record for career saves. Yeah, I think you'll see Joe Exter be a Division One head coach sooner rather than later. Uh, definitely at some point over the course of his career. I, I think he's got the personality to go out there and, and, and recruit and, and get players. And, and you look at his track record. I mean, he's been coaching guys on the national development team. What he's been able to do with, with the goaltending out at, at Ohio State. I think he sooner rather than later is going to be a commodity at some point. Um, whether it's you know as an associate head coach perhaps at, at Ohio State before transitioning into, into a head coaching job that opens up. You know, there's, there's only 58 of them in the country, so uh, there, there's certainly a lot of competition, but I, I would think that at some point he's going to be at the top of some people's lists. All right, thanks, Mike. Good to see you as always. The MacReport.com and Eagle Tribune. Uh, quickly, I know we don't have a lot of time here, but uh, score tonight, Patriots-Broncos. <laughs> uh, man, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't trust the Pats defense very much at all. Uh, and I think it's going to be closer than people think. I'm, I'll go 24-20, Patriots. All right. He's Mike McMahon. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Score at the end of two periods, main two, Merrimack, one.